Thanks so much, Emma. Thank you, Nick and Claire, too, for leading us in that real celebration. Well, happy Easter, happy Resurrection Day. Christ has risen. He has risen indeed, as I'm sure you're all replying there because you know the response. Well, I never tire of hearing this incredible event of Easter. This, this, it's just so good to dwell on it afresh. It's so important and so amazing. Our whole faith is based on this event that we remember on Easter. Without Jesus rising from the dead, our faith is nothing, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians. But he did. He has risen. He is the first fruits from the grave. He is uh, the hope that we have that because Jesus came through, that we too will pass through death and enter into glorious eternity with him. Well, today we are celebrating Easter and we're also coming to the end of our series in Mark, looking at uh, the last few verses of chapter 16, or well, verses 1 to 8. Um, anyone would think we planned it, that we finish with this part of the Mark Gospel uh, on Easter Day. Well, I'm going to read it and I'm going to read from the message version today. So just let this do you good as you listen to God's word this morning. And then we're just going to talk through about what was going on there and the glorious significance it has for us afresh. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they could embalm him. Very early on Sunday morning, as the sun rose, they went to the tomb. They worried out loud to each other, who will roll back, roll back the stone from the tomb for us? Then they looked up, saw that it had been rolled back. It was a huge stone and walked right in. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed all in white. They were completely taken aback, astonished. He said, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, the one they nailed on the cross. He's been raised up. He's here no longer. You can see for yourselves that the place is empty. Now, on your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there exactly as he's dead. They got out as fast as they could beside themselves, their heads swimming, stunned, they said nothing to anyone. You know, no one was truly, no one truly saw this coming. Now, Jesus had talked about it before he died, that he would indeed die and rise again. But his followers didn't really grasp it. After what must have been a really harrowing Sabbath. Now, remember, Sabbath was supposed to be a day of rest. Well, I would imagine that that Sabbath between Good Friday and Easter morning really wasn't very restful for his disciples, for his followers. Grappling with all sorts of questions and grief, loss, real uncertainty and fear. This, this man that they've been following for, for several years, who they had built all their hopes on, had died. Everything had seemingly come to an end. So when these women got up early, and they did, they got up early, it says, uh, just as the sun was beginning to rise, to go and, and put spices on Jesus' body. 
They weren't expecting Jesus. They weren't going there to meet a risen Jesus. They were going there to put spices on his body. And they were saying things like, well, how are we even going to get in? There's the massive stone. Let's kind of let, well, let's hope someone's going to be there that can move the stone for us so that we can get in and, and do the ceremonial kind of dressing of the spices on the body. And then they got there and they saw the tomb. And this stone had been rolled away. Now, this stone hadn't been rolled away to let Jesus out. We hear in other gospel accounts that Jesus met with his, his followers after he'd risen from the dead in locked rooms. So we knew Jesus had a way of getting in and out of locked rooms. So the stone wasn't rolled away to let him out. It was rolled away so that people could go in and see that the tomb was empty, so that the women could go in, so that Peter later and others could go and see that indeed this tomb was empty. Jesus was no longer there. He is risen. These women went in and they saw an empty tomb. Now I wonder what was going through their mind at that time. I wonder how they were feeling as they entered into this tomb and saw it was indeed Jesus' body wasn't there. In fact, at that moment, it wasn't completely empty because it says there was a man, a young man dressed in white. Matthew's gospel tells us it was an angel. And we hear in Mark's account that they were alarmed, understandably. They were not greeted with what they were expecting to find. They were expecting to find the stone still in front of the tomb entrance. They were going to have to get someone out, move out of the way. They were going to go in and put spices on Jesus's body. But instead, the, the stone had been rolled away. Jesus's body wasn't there. And in fact, they were greeted with an angel. They were alarmed. They couldn't comprehend what was going on. Their, their mind was grappling with, well, what is this all about? And to this, we see in verse six, the angel says, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. The angel declares Jesus has risen. And that is the very crux of this message that we celebrate on Easter. Jesus has risen. The body was no longer in the tomb. He burst forth in glorious day. This is what gives us hope and assurance. One of the songs we sing sometimes uh, by Lou Fellingham, this changes everything. It says, we are standing on the promise of the future. We have tasted of a life that's yet to come. We have seen a glimpse of heaven in the darkness and our hope is in the resurrected sun. He is alive. Jesus is alive. This changes everything. Everything. Now I'm alive. In you I have life. This changes everything. Everything for us. You know, this year has been and continues to be so challenging, so difficult for many of us. And yet Easter brings us hope, even in these times. When preparing this preach, I came across a brilliant article on the Desiring God website by a guy called David Mathis uh, called The Triumph of Joy. And he says this, 
Christ has been raised. Day no longer is fading to black, but night is awakening to the brightness. Darkness is not suffocating the sun, but light is chasing away the shadows. Sin is not winning, but death is swallowed up in victory. Indeed, even in agony will turn to glory. But Easter doesn't suppress our pain. It doesn't minimise our loss. It bids our burdens stand as they are in all their weight with all their threats. And this risen Christ with the brilliance of indestructible life in his eyes says, these two I will claim in the victory. These two will serve your joy. These two, even these I can make an occasion for rejoicing. I have overcome and you will more than conquer. Easter is not an occasion to repress whatever ails you and put on a happy face. Rather, the joy of Easter speaks tenderly to the pains that plague you. Whatever loss you lament, whatever burden weighs you down, Easter says it will not always be this way for you. The new age has begun. Jesus has risen and the kingdom of the Messiah is here. He has conquered death and sin and hell. He is alive on, on his throne. And he is putting your enemies, all your enemies, under his feet. This is what the resurrection declares. This is what Easter is about. Such good news of hope and joy, even in the midst of the challenges that we're all facing during this pandemic. Verse seven goes on. The angel says, go tell his disciples and Peter he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. The angel says, go tell the others. Share this good news. It's too good to keep to yourselves. He's saying you have witnessed that there's an empty tomb. The body is no longer here. Jesus is alive. But don't keep it to yourself. Go tell others. Go tell the disciples. Go tell Peter. And in that moment, the angel isn't giving Peter any greater significance or importance. But what he is saying is that Peter, this man who denied Jesus, denied that he knew him in those final hours before Jesus was crucified. The angels declaring Peter hasn't been written off. He is not beyond God's love and redemption. His part has not ended in Jesus' story. Jesus still has incredible plans for Peter. And isn't that just great news even for us today? You know, we mess up. But he calls us by name again. We can still be involved even when we mess up. He calls us back and says, come on. My love still extends to you. You can go again. And verse eight, we get this final bit of Mark's writings of the gospel. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. What a strange, abrupt ending to this passage. And quite possibly the ending to the part of the gospel that Mark wrote as well. Although in our Bibles we have some extra verses, they have a very different feel about them and were 
probably written by someone else at a later date, one of the early uh, Christians. But it looks like Mark's bit of the gospel, his own writing of it ends at verse eight. Now, either he intended a really abrupt ending, these women leaving the tomb, trembling, afraid and didn't say anything to anyone or a little bit of the manuscripts being lost. But whatever the reason, it's got that sense of being unfinished. That sense of there's still work to be done. And you know what? That's our part. That's where we get to come. There is a blank at the end of the story that we are invited to fill ourselves. To me, it's like when you're watching kind of a, a film that then has a sequel or there's a, a TV series. There's the, the words to be continued. It's like to me, Mark's gospel has to be continued written at it. Like the angel told the women, go tell. We're still called to do that today. Go tell this good news that we know about this good news of jesus conquering death rising again and living today interceding for us the first fruits from the grave this is too good news to keep to ourselves that message the angel said to the women is still a message for us go tell so today we're celebrating the incredible news of Jesus, the one who died. Yes, he did die, but the one who rose again, defeating death and hell and sin. The angel declared, he has risen. He is not here. Jesus is alive. We have a risen Lord. And because of that, we have hope that we too will be raised, that death is only something we pass through. A gateway into eternity with him. 1 Peter 1 verses 3 to 5 say, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of, his, of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Although Mark's gospel ends abruptly, Mark's story with God continued on. We can read about him. Mark appears in, in Acts and we find he's very active still. Peter's story. And remember, Mark's gospel is very much Peter's account. We know Peter's story went on. We see him through Acts and in the letters that Peter wrote. The story continues with us, too. We're going to watch. Uh, a spoken word piece now by Di Woolridge about the events that we read in the other gospel accounts of what happened next, what happened after Jesus rose. And then we're going to finish our, our time by singing our final song, Happy Day, which uh, is a recording from our Easter celebration that was put on YouTube today. <laughs> 